Welcome to the More Beach Meetings podcast produced by Surf Office. I'm Carson Sweezy. The More Beach Meetings podcast gathers the leading voices of the future of work to discuss remote working, company culture, and team retreats with new episodes the first and third Wednesday of the month. Today's guest is Christy DePaul, the CEO of Founders Marketing, a company that creates bold content strategy for the future of learning and work. Christy is a regular contributor on remote.co's blog where she's contributed over 160 blog posts. I tried my best to get out of Christy's way here. Her view on remote work is one of empowerment and self-discovery that goes beyond any clickbait of digital nomadship that we're so often seeing out there. Let's get into it. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show. Hey, Carson. Thank you so much for having me. Really happy to be here. Can you give us an idea of your background within remote work? What started you on this journey? So it's interesting. My journey with remote work started in 2013. And I'll say that it wasn't necessarily a deliberate decision. I was in a sort of shifting part of my life professionally and personally. I had been working in a job that wasn't the right fit. I actually was ending in the process of ending a marriage. And so things were a bit tumultuous and I wasn't sure what to do next. So I got to a stage where I thought, okay, this hasn't worked out and I've struggled elsewhere in my life. What can I do? How can I like press pause and really discover who it is that I'm meant to be from a work perspective? Like where do I want my career to go? And also how do I begin to refocus on myself after sort of recovering from something that was really difficult to deal with emotionally and a situation that can sort of set you off the rails. Like, how do you look back at yourself and say, this is really what I want to do and take a purposeful direction in your life? So that was 2013. And remote work wasn't quite the mainstream path that it is today. It was growing in popularity. There were people who were doing it. I myself had been part of a distributed team. So I had the experience of working with a team that was in another office elsewhere. And there were times when I'd work from home, but I I hadn't taken the full remote plunge. So I think it's really important also for me to just to mention these things. And it's an awkward place to start a podcast to say, well, my life was in, you know, disarray. But I think we spend so much time sort of attempting to swing from success to success. Like think of your last job interview where you tried to maybe explain away any challenge or weakness, or you just wanted to appear as if you knew everything going out of the gate. And you just had this amazing plan for your life. But to me, it's it's makes a lot more sense to be able to admit to ourselves that sometimes we're we're not sure and sometimes you know we do struggle and that's this is the human experience it's important to remind ourselves that in conversation and not make it so streamlined and business like you know all the time so what were some of those questions that you asked or, or i guess what were some of the answers that since we know the questions you asked what were some of the answers that you discovered from that introspection i discovered that i could embrace things that truly terrified me. And one of those things was teaching. Speaking, public speaking was never my thing. It was something that I avoided when I was in college, like the plague. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I'm only 30 years old, but I've worked in different countries around the world. I've been a marketer. I've led strategy. What can I give back to young people who are potentially very close to my age. How can I do something that is fulfilling, whether or not it is lucrative? Like, what can I do to make an impact? There was an adjunct role that was came available at an area university where I was living. 
in Pittsburgh and things fell into place. So I started to teach and it's so fascinating how resilient you can be without actually knowing it. If you just throw yourself into something that you're not ready for, you find ways to adapt. I think maybe it's the sink or swim principle, but I, I used to get so nervous before every lecture and I was teaching about professional communication and intercultural communication. So there was like a layer of irony to, to the fact that I was getting worked up about having to present. But over time, I found ways to tie in relevant examples from the real world to help students become more engaged and come out of their shells. I recognized myself and some of my students from that perspective. And I really felt like that I began to flourish in this role. And that was that was really fascinating for me. From there, you got more involved in remote learning or, or like online learning? Is that correct in what I'm looking at? I initially taught face-to-face -face courses and then I did a semester of teaching online. And all the while I was building up my professional profile as a an international marketing consultant. So this was, I'm not sure which was my side hustle, to be honest, at the time. It was like I had a, a couple of side hustles and I was enabling myself to take that career pause and to figure things out, to pursue a variety of passions, to build skills that I didn't previously have, and to say, is this, to, to really ask myself, is this what I want to be doing? So that was, it was like a period where I got to try on different professional roles. What did you end up sticking with or, or what became relevant to you? I'd say that both. I stuck with both. Despite no longer teaching, I find that anytime I'm either mentoring someone I'm working with or helping to educate a client about something new, talking with peers, family members, what have you, that piece of of knowing how to explain complex topics and to distill things into something relevant that resonates. I use that skill every day. I use it in my writing as well. So that has stayed with me. And the consulting piece helped me become a, a company founder. So I'd say both of those things stuck with me. I know that you, when you were teaching and when you were working in some of these programs with online, you were kind of rolling them out to different markets, to different parts of the world. What are some of the cultural differences you noticed with an online program or with remote work that might be interesting to some of the listeners? So there were many differences that I noticed. And, and some, I'll say this, most of my students in the online course were from the US. There were a few who were international students. But I, I did notice that in some cultures, of course, face-to-face -face communication or at least synchronous communication is preferable. And to not have, I think any of us sort of struggle with the fact that if we can't see the person we're speaking with, such as right now on this podcast, right? We're missing out on a lot of visual cues, things that might clue us into how the speaker or our conversational counterpart is truly thinking and feeling. So I had to find ways to supplement the experience if I was teaching online or if I was interacting with a client or a colleague, maybe it meant hopping on a video call every so often, or perhaps it led me to over-explain, to become very focused on how I might describe something in order to ensure that it was understood and intended in the way that I had meant it to be. That's interesting because from the business perspective or like a managerial perspective, having to kind of lay out everything and, and make it a little bit more systematized can be vastly beneficial, right? You're just cutting out some of the gaps in communication that might occur. And also, like I said, processing and systematizing that for the next time you need to 
introduce that topic or that concept within within a work environment, right? Yeah, these are things that can be that can become part of a company's core approach. So there are methods that I think you can replicate no matter who you're working with, but of course the focus has to be on not only like what is this person's experience and background, but also their working style and their personality. So there are so many variables at play. And those, I think, are only magnified when it comes to working with someone remotely or teaching them from a distance. Getting back to the role that remote work plays in in sort of an empowerment feel, how do you see educating people towards being able to work remotely or understanding that they can work remotely or educating companies that remote work is empowering and efficient for them? I see this as, for me, almost a calling, most assuredly a remote work advocate. And it's not for any single reason. It's wonderful to talk about work-life balance. And it's great to consider all of the savings for companies, the lower overhead and lower emissions from a lack of commuting. And it's wonderful to think about a broader hiring pool as well. But it's what remote work offers us is a combination of all of these things that enable people anywhere to have a more productive and positive life. That is so profound to me. It's something that it goes beyond the the very clickbait-oriented posts that you might see about digital nomads where someone is relaxing in a hammock with a laptop or on the beach also with laptop in view, which kind of makes me laugh because if I'm on a beach and I am having a meeting, the chances are that a laptop will be present are like slim to none. But as they, sh- it, frankly, as they should be, those stock images are, are off base for reasons that I won't get into here. From an empowerment perspective, people are able to, to marshal their lives in such a way that they were not in previous generations. If you come from a rural area or a remote area and you don't want to leave or you've put down roots or you have family caregiving responsibilities, etc., maybe you have a partner who has an on-site job there. Now you're you have more control over your career instead of just stepping back and taking on whatever is available, you're able to pursue what you want to do meaningfully and have agency over not just your current job, but the trajectory of your career. Yeah, that's the part that really resonates with me, the agency of it. And you have this great, this great blog post or article that's more really read like a poem almost, the way you're talking about the future of work and who it belongs to and how it can empower all these different groups. And that's what's fascinating to me and, and something I haven't really talked about on the show very often. And and you know, I don't like to get into my own story of it, but it is vastly empowering, especially dealing with uh, health issues or caregiving or, or any of those kind of things, just to be able to. Absolutely. I know exactly which post you're speaking about. It's It reads probably a bit like a manifesto, and that was intentional on my part. I had this burst of inspiration when I was writing it. And you know how sometimes when you write something, it requires a bit of effort. This completely flowed this particular post. And what inspired that was that in my in my own life, I was continuing to build my company. I was overseas, living far away from my mom, who was quite ill at the time, whose health was declining. And I thought about very deeply and felt very deeply about all the ways that remote work was enabling me to handle something that could be, that was certainly challenging in its own right, regardless of work circumstance, but something that might be insurmountable if I had to go to an office every day and request time off work or have to 
make other changes to my schedule or really just have no control over my over my schedule. Looking at the next generation and a generation that will be brought up in a world where remote working is second nature almost, how do you see this as, as changing or empowering their career focus? I know you're expecting a baby. So how, how will this impact your daughter's perspective on the world and her opportunities that she can go into? I love that question, given that she is listening to this podcast in utero because she is forced to. I love thinking about the possibilities for, for my daughter, for the kids today who are coming up through school, schools all over the world. And many, many of these schools and K-12 systems don't place an emphasis on technology or cannot, depending on certain budgetary constraints, professional development, or a lack thereof for teachers. So there's an array of reasons why, even with all the ed tech solutions out there, students may or may not know at this point that they don't have to simply take a role and move through the milestones of past generations, but they will. And that's the exciting part. They will start to understand this, whether it's through taking some online courses in middle school or high school, whether it's a hybrid uh, class at the university level. The way that industry is moving is such that knowledge workers have more flexibility. So even if that means I'm not quite comfortable being at home all the time, or I don't know that I want to be someone who wanders the world, works from a a coffee shop or a co-working space. They'll have that option. So I think that the most exciting part is the freedom that they will have to tailor a career that suits their personality and their goals. And that is one of the things that I'm definitely most excited about for my daughter. Many years from now when she starts working. Are you ready to get into the hustle round? You need to take a breather or stretch it out or a sip of water before we get into it? I will take a little stretch here. I love the section that says guide your own destiny as well. That's great. But I think I'm ready for the hustle round. Let's see if we can answer that question within the hustle round and and, uh, change out some of the ones that are a little bit more generic. How do you see remote work empowering us to guide our own destiny? To me, remote work puts the onus on the individual. Whether or not you're an employee of a company or a, an entrepreneur, a founder of an organization, you are still the, the CEO of your own career. There is literally no one looking over your shoulder, guiding you, micromanaging you. And there are pluses and minuses to that. So I think empowers us, each of us, to assume the roles for ourselves that we might have just let somebody else handle in a passive manner. It pushes us toward discovering our our interests, our strengths, confronting our weaknesses, and embracing ways that we can build our skill sets, and then determining ways in which we can do that. If there isn't a structure in place, if you're in a smaller organization that does not have a defined pathway in terms of professional development or enrichment, how can you scaffold that for yourself? What's an activity outside of work that you've learned a lot from? I've written about this particular activity quite a bit. And if you had met me 10 years ago, you would not even believe that this is something that I would do, which makes it all the more fascinating that it has become not just an activity, but a passion. And that is running. Now, of course, I haven't been running a whole lot in the past couple of months, obviously, given my later stage of pregnancy. However, being able to embrace running first as a novice, struggling through it. And there are so many metaphors in life that apply to running. And there are so many aspects of running that teach you 
about self-discipline, about inflicting suffering, about setting goals and meeting them and being patient with yourself. I think one of the things that I used to really struggle with was that I had insanely high standards. I couldn't meet them. I often fell short and I would get really frustrated, upset, etc. When you start a hobby that really has no, I mean, there can be an end goal. And I did, by the way, finally run two marathons years into it, right? Six years in. But when you start a hobby that spreads out over the horizon, and that is something you can get better at incrementally for the entirety of your existence, it really puts into perspective how much pressure you ought to put on yourself to meet certain goals. And it it changes the way you think about your own abilities and judging yourself and judging others too. So I used to look at people who would run in crappy weather if it's snowing outside or whatever. And I think, man, look at this idiot or look at this crazy person. What are they doing to themselves? And now when I look at those people, I think, yeah, get out there. That I want I wish I was running right alongside you, you know, or man, I wish I was out there right now because I don't see the slush and like the snow hitting your face. I see somebody who is doggedly determined who's tenacious, who's persistent. And I think about how, all aside from all the endorphins and the health benefits of running, how those qualities and building those up positively impact every other aspect of your life. That's fantastic. Christy, thanks so much for coming on the show today and, and sharing all your insights and the deeper side of the remote working world and how empowering it can be. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Carson. It, again, it was a pleasure to be here and I'm a big fan of Surf Office's work. So thank you for inviting me. Where can listeners follow some of your work and some of your writing? You can read a lot of my blog posts on remote.co. I've written somewhere close to 170 posts. Our guests on the podcast bring up some amazing thoughts on remote culture. How do they keep remote culture from becoming stale and distant when the team isn't physically present day by day? Most, if not all of them, are leveraging in-person offsites. Get your employees out of the office and get ready for an experience that will give you a boost of team spirit. Head to thesurfoffice.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show to stay up to date with the latest conversations around the future of work. We'll be back with a brand new guest and some fresh ideas in a couple of weeks. Until soon.